We remember moments. Anonymous. 1. 15 years later. Hoping it wasn't obvious that he was watching the time, Jace Granger took a sip of his wine and looked straight ahead at the huge clock hanging on the wall, directly above the entrance of the upscale Los Angeles restaurant. He'd been there for exactly one hour and 12 minutes and was biting at the bit to call it a night. He appreciated his friend Alan Carter's concerns about his solitary life, but blind dates had never been Jace's thing, and he had known after the first ten minutes that he'd made a mistake by letting Alan talk him into one tonight. No doubt Angela Farlow was a looker. He would give her that. But so far, it had been one hell of a night. For starters, she talked too damn much. She had a lot to say, a lot about practically nothing. Jace took another sip of his wine and listened, or at least pretended to do so. The last couple of times he had tried interjecting his own thoughts and views, she had unabashedly cut them down, letting him know what she thought of any opinions other than her own. Noticing a lull in the conversation, Jace shifted his gaze from the clock back to her and saw the sultry pout that touched her lips. Why do I get the feeling that I'm boring you? she asked in a low tone. Because you are, he was tempted to say. But being the gentleman that he was, instead, he said, On the contrary, I happen to find you anything but boring, plastering a smile on his face. In fact, I find you simply fascinating. Now, that wasn't a lie. He doubted there were many women like her. Hell, he hoped not. Well, she said, smiling all over the place at the compliment, I've talked enough about me. Now I want to hear about you. Alan tells me the two of you went to law school together and that, as a government attorney, you're in charge of making sure the great state of California stays on a straight and narrow path. She rested her chin in her hands. What made you want to work for the government instead of going into private practice? Alan said you graduated from UCLA at the top of your class. Jace forced his body not to tense, something that usually happened whenever he was questioned about his decision to work in the public sector instead of the private, where he could have become a millionaire if he'd set his mind to it. Little did she know he had been groomed for just that kind of life and had intentionally walked away a long time ago. His shoulders mimicked a careless shrug before giving her the same spiel he gave anyone who had the audacity to inquire. Briefly and thoroughly, with a not-so-smooth edge, he basically told her that he preferred working for the people instead of kissing asses for any amount of money. He really didn't expect people to understand, and he didn't really give a damn if they didn't. He took a sip of his drink and smiled inwardly. The woman was finally at a loss for words, and he understood her dilemma. Honestly, he did. She thought the same way his ex-wife did. Eve's belief had been that the more money you had, the happier you were. All he had to say to that theory was bullshit. It didn't surprise him when his date suggested they end the evening. That was fine with him 
since the last thing he wanted was to become involved with another woman who had the same mindset as his ex-wife. An hour later, he was entering his condo, grateful the evening with Angela had ended, and that his path wouldn't cross hers anytime soon. He figured she was probably on the phone with Alan at that very moment, giving him a piece of her mind about setting her up on a blind date with a man who, evidently, hadn't any plans of making anything of himself. Jace pulled off his jacket and was about to take it to the closet and hang it up when his cell phone rang. He wondered if it was Alan calling him already. He checked caller ID and saw it wasn't Alan, but his grandfather. It had to be past midnight in Virginia, and he wondered why the old man was calling so late. Yes, Granddad? Jace? He frowned. It was not his grandfather's deep authoritarian voice.